Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. we got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the Blues Winter Classic jerseys. They just dropped at the Cardinals game. Uh, pre-game to that, so a little a little nice Team STL action there. We're getting excited for January 1st and the Blues Winter Classic game against the Minnesota Wild. So we're going to break down that, as well as the recent one-day contract. The Blues signed David Backus, their old captain, to retire, a St. Louis Blue. We're going to talk about that as well, and then we're going to finish today's episode by talking about the Traverse City Tournament coming up uh, and the prospects that we're excited to see for the St. Louis Blues. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about the top 50 NHL players coming up this season. You can find out on the Locked On NHL podcast who we think collectively on Locked On NHL will think the top 50 players will be. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. As of September 10th, they're all out. You can see all 50 top 50 players as voted on by the Locked On NHL Network. So subscribe to Locked On NHL Podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. The hype was there. Everyone had kind of their idea of what they wanted to see for the Winter Classic jerseys going into this. There was a lot of uh, blue script people. There was a lot of go completely off the wall people. There was a lot of people that wanted to see something from the old days with St. Louis Blues. In your opinion, did the Blues knock their jersey designs out of the park and how do you feel about the color scheme uh, and the jersey matchup going into the game on January 1st I love it I do think that they knocked the design out of the park the one the one negative that I would say if I had any which I I, I don't dislike the jersey really at all um, the one negative I could see people having is that it's a little bit too similar to the past few alternate jerseys that the blues have come out with and i and i do think that that was sort of one of my initial reactions was like oh okay same same style but again that's not a criticism i think the blues alternate jerseys that they've been coming out with have been so nice so clean um but they've only really used the home color schemes so i think even when this was the whole winter classic was announced way back when before covid uh, a lot of people's predictions were that it was going to be something just like this. And then a lot of time went by and the Minnesota Jersey came out and everyone was like, oh, what if the Blues go and do something crazy as well? And there were a lot of rumblings that they were going to do a similar design to Minnesota. And I think that scared a lot of people, myself included. So seeing this, something so classic, sleek, um, and just looks so clean with the classic Blues color scheme, I think you kind of predicted it. It is a little bit of that cream white color. I love it. I think it's so clean and I need to get my hands on one. I think I'm going to be buying one as well, but I think I feel like I go back and forth on this podcast between kind of drawing back to history. And I think for the Winter Classic purposes, it does make a lot more sense to draw back to history and kind of tap into that old style of hockey aesthetic because when you're playing on a baseball field or in an open stadium, uh, it, it kind of gives you that pond hockey kind of feel uh, back to the old days, you know, and I think as much as like you're talking about this heritage logo style format is familiar, I do think they knocked it out of the park when uh, the Blues faced Chicago with their home heritage jerseys. So why not just flip it, make them away heritage jerseys, which is essentially what they did. But I do like, like you said, the cream 
adds a little bit of touch as opposed to the white. And it just makes it pop a little bit more and brings out that old style of hockey like I'm talking about. I still would like to see the blues get a little bit more creative. Like even if they added like the jersey stripes on the sleeves, if they just turned the stripes into like a musical measure and put like the notes on it, kind of like we've talked about before, I think that would be a beautiful touch uh, on any jersey that they potentially come out with. But I would much prefer this and kind of a safe bet and not going away from the mold as much as opposed to uh, whatever the Minnesota Wild did and throwing anything and everything on their jersey. So I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the jersey battle, uh, the Blues are up one nothing over the Minnesota Wild. Which uh, which player are you getting if you're picking up a Winter Classic jersey? Who, who's it might on have the to be Jordan. It might have to be Jordan Cairo, to be honest. A little bit disappointed that we had to postpone the interview. Oh. Uh, so we'll still have that coming for you guys up here soon. I'll stay yeah. in touch with him and yeah. let you guys know. But Hectic time for all of us. Tommy's starting a new job. I'm starting my senior year. Jordan Cairo's uh, starting his, his first big contract year. So all of us are a little busy. So uh, understandable that... Uh, Things have been a little hectic, but we're excited to bring content to you. Um, if I'm picking up a jersey, though, it might have to be, might have to be Buchnevich. I'm excited about that. But Kairu's a good play. I have a, I have a 33 jersey. Um, so uh, I don't know if like I should be impr- like like proud of that or, or just a little annoyed that he literally changed his announced his jersey change like two weeks after my jersey came in the mail. But I had that same struggle. I got a Jason Tatum jersey when he was with, first got with the Celtics, and then when they brought Kyrie in, he changed his jersey, and I was like, kind of stinks. But even, that's even more rare. I feel like he that was like summer league. When yeah, Tatum exactly. Had like number what was it? He was number eleven. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I like the zero though. It's clean. I do too. Oh. It does. It does look really clean. I still wear it sometimes in the summer. I don't know, man. When it comes to jerseys, like I said, I I kind of sit on the fence between drawing back to history and drawing back to creativity. But I, I would love to see the Blues have consistently gone history, history, history these last couple of jersey drops, and I I feel like we're all just kind of waiting on that one for them to really flaunt their creativity and their originality. And I think whatever their next jersey is should potentially. Uh, be the one absolutely i I think um like you said a lot of people were expecting a big out there uh crazy design sort of like what minnesota did even though minnesota was sort of history based it was still very like new and and unique and innovative um but i think it missed the mark um so i would rather have the blues go with what was safe than go for something bold and miss the mark because you know let's say they go for something bold and it doesn't land then that's it it's safe best from here on out i think they're starting to really get their creative juices flowing especially with how we're we're starting to see more and more new nhl jerseys year in and year out um so they can make that make that dough on the jersey sales but uh if the blues are getting you know one new jersey a year maybe next season we're going to get something wacky and bold and exciting and i would love to see that without a doubt and if you find yourself uh, making bold picks, bold assumptions, and nine times out of ten you find yourself to be right, uh, you might want to throw some money down and make some bets. And you can do that at betonline.ag because they're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. 
From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And while you're there, check out our friends over at DirecTV. Let me tell you, Josh, this certainly sounds familiar to me. You got like a basket with 75 different remotes. Maybe not 75. Maybe it's like five or six different remotes on the arm of your couch. You're trying to take a drink of your beer, watching the game. You knock it off. They all go everywhere. You don't know which one works for which it doesn't work for the cable doesn't work for the tv oh that works for the volume exactly dude it's a nightmare you've got one device with direct tv stream that lets you catch the game live it lets you stream your favorite shows lets you watch your favorite sports highlights it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract and there's no remotes rolling all over the floor. So get rid of that clutter, confusion, the spilled beers, the spilled remotes, the spilled batteries, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. A little bit more of Blues News happened. Uh, Since our last episode, David Backus signed a one-day contract with the St. Louis Blues to retire as a member of the St. Louis Blues, 35 games shy of 1,000. Kind of rips your heart out a little bit, but I think he summed it up best when he said the game is transitioning to speed and agility and skill-based one, and those are adjectives that haven't included his name with them in a long time. So I I like to see him go out the way that he wants to, and I I believe he accomplished that by signing a one day contract with the St. Louis Blues uh, and coming back home to the best alumni group in the NHL. I had the pleasure to uh, join the national show that went up today, and I talked to Gil Martin about this exact conversation. So you guys can check that out, uh, the Locked On NHL podcast. But I think it's pretty much the same thing. I think one thing that David Backus doesn't get enough credit for is planting the seeds of the play style of St. Louis hockey that eventually won them a Stanley Cup. Um, it, the timing didn't work out, obviously, but you take prime David Backus, put him on that that cup run roster, and and they they sweep through it even better. He he would he is the centerpiece of that team. Uh, that play style, the way that he was able to just brutalize opponents in all all zones of the ice, take pucks away in the defensive zone, go down, grind out pucks in the offensive zone, create turnovers, um, and overall just grind the opponent down. That is the play style that won the Blues a Stanley Cup. Uh, and, and like I said, the timing was a little off. He he wasn't quite there when, when the Blues started to to roll to their success with it, but um, he, he defines what it means to play Blues hockey. Uh, at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Um, always will be a fan favorite. It was tough to see him in, in a different uniform, but always rooted for him, obviously. Uh, and I hope that he will be one of many Blues alumni that remains in the area uh, because I think he's got a lot of a lot of fans that would be very grateful if he if he ha- found a home in St. Louis. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And like, I think we talked about identity and culture of the St. Louis Blues, right? And kind of trying to get back to that 2019 point. I think David Backus immortalized what blues hockey has been for the last 10 20 years and that is like like we talked about two-way grind them out style that 
led to a Stanley Cup victory. And so although David Backus wasn't with the team for the Stanley Cup run, unfortunately it couldn't happen he he did get to see it from the rafters at the end so as as it's still kind of a bittersweet moment for him I'm sure he would have loved to be a part of the team that won the Stanley Cup but I I feel like kind of watching your old team and he put the pieces in place I feel like for them to go on that run uh, and establish that culture and establish that identity of blues hockey and so to kind of see the end result of what he helped build at the beginning uh, I feel like would probably have been pretty cool from my perspective if I were David Backus. But yeah, I it's it could potentially revert back to being David Backus and like the house that David Backus built kind of because before Backus was there, I mean, the days of like Eric Brewer and Eric Johnson, like Blues hockey was not anywhere close to what it is right now and like obviously the Stanley Cup run helped and like the All-Star game helped and like there's been a humongous rise of prospects and talented hockey players that come out of St. Louis, but I think a lot of those arrows point back to David Backus being the source. One of the, you know, the first Blues captain of my memory of really following hockey, and I think a lot of people's favorite captains looking back. Um, great leader, great locker room guy. Um, everyone that talks about it only had the best things to say, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see 42 up in the rafters one day uh, as a result of that. Old Buffalo Head is definitely an Buffalo ambassador Head. for uh, Blues hockey as a whole. And I think uh, you could tell just in that last game, the Anaheim versus the Blues, where it was kind of the elephant in the room that this could potentially be the last time David Backus plays in Enterprise Center. You could see the emotions. You could see how much St. Louis means to him and how much it meant to him to kind of come home and not really know what the reaction was going to be, but like standing ovation and everything you could ask for as a player. And I feel like as as a St. Louis sports fan, we kind of seen that. We just saw that with Albert Pujols as well. It's a home run for the opposing team and he gets a curtain call in Bush Stadium. It's just kind of, I don't want to say that St. Louis is better than other sports cities, but I, I'd be hard pressed to find another city where even if you bring in the historical factor of like this guy used to play here, like it's still it's still a game at the end of the day. But I think St. Louis completely understands in every sport, including football, even though they don't have a team anymore, whatever. I think they understand the emotional side and the romantic side of any sport, but especially baseball and especially hockey increasingly in these last couple of years. And uh, for that, I'm forever grateful that I live in St. Louis and consider myself a St. Louis sports fan. There's a reason why... There's such a strong alumni network in St. Louis. Um, the sports culture is so strong there. The The fans love the athletes and the athletes love the city. And therefore, it creates a really tight bond and a, a very passionate fan base, but also players that are very passionate about the city of St. Louis. Couldn't agree more. And what else are we passionate about? I'm passionate about food, Josh. Uh, so if you're passionate about food, you got to check out our friends over at Built Bar because sometimes you don't always have time for a whole meal. You don't have time for breakfast, lunch, sometimes dinner. Uh, you're on the go. You can throw these Built Bars in your backpack, uh, in a lunchbox, whatever it might be. And it's basically a whole meal in a tiny little bar. And the best part is they're fantastic for you and they're great tasting. And Built Bar has so many different flavors to choose from. There's something for everybody. Go coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And if you haven't tried all of the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. 
There's 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar, calories ranging from 130 to only 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Traverse City Tournament coming up. The Blues prospects will be a part of it, so we're going to talk about the individual players that will be attending and which ones we're excited to watch, so don't go anywhere. So the annual Traverse City Tournament is coming up. The games are scheduled currently uh, September 17th first versus the Toronto Maple Leafs is at 2 p.m. September 18th versus the Detroit Red Wings is at 6 p.m. And September 20th versus the Dallas Stars is at 11 a.m. There's a couple big names on this roster that are will be in attendance for the St. Louis Blues. Nikita Alexandrov is one that kind of jumps off the page at you. When he was drafted, seemed like a guy that almost similar to Jake Neighbors, uh, really fit the Blues mold as a two-way player in the World Juniors. He really showed out his potential of what he can be. I, th- I think he was one of the top scorers in the in the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, since that time, I feel like Jake Neighbors has kind of soared to the top of people's prospect lists, and Nikita Alexandrov has kind of got lost in their kerfuffle. Um, so I'll be excited to see if he kind of takes control of that narrative and uh, reasserts himself onto the tongues of some of these fans. Zach Bolduck, first round pick, is another name that jumps off the page at you. Dakota Joshua played pretty well with the NHL team. How will he fare against other prospects? Will he be above and beyond the talent gap or will he kind of blend in? Matthias Laferriere is another name. He's not really talked about in prospect circles a lot, but he has a bunch of offensive potential and I believe we talked about him on the show before. Just a great playmaker. He's not going to score the most goals, but a lot of the guys the Blues have been drafting have have been assist-oriented, I feel like, and he fits that mold as well. Hugh McGing has been in the Blues prospect pool for a hot minute, uh, and he's a short king, so you always got to give love to that guy, but he's a grinder, man. I don't know if there's anyone on this prospect roster that wants to make this team more than Hugh McGing, uh, and he shows it with his work ethic uh, and going out there every time he puts a skate on the ice he gives it 110 percent, and that's exactly what you want even for a guy that potentially might never make the big club that sets the wheels in motion that that's what it takes to get there and it kind of it provides a good role model for the rest of the yeah, a good prospects spark. but a good yeah. spark they see him playing like that they're gonna they're gonna want to th- th- uh, show that much effort as well no one really talks about it on prospects but like these are the guys you're competing against for a spot with the big leagues right so if you see a guy out, th- out there out competing you like it's gonna raise your compete level as well right so it's just the nature of the beast but Josh in your opinion I talked a little bit about some of these guys but uh, what are some of the names that you're excited to see? Uh, in this upcoming tournament. A good reason to look forward to something like this is you're not necessarily going to be able to get a full understanding of every prospect in the system, but there's going to be hopefully, you know, uh, if the prospects are the prospect pool is developing correctly, there's going to be a handful of guys that look like they don't really belong. Guys that have either taken that next step or are gifted enough coming in to where they look like they don't belong. They look like this is a, a step below their comfort level. Um, the obvious ones being like, like you said, Hugh McCain, who's, who's, I'm not sure what number tournament this is for him. 
um, a guy that's been around for a while that really wants to prove himself. Dakota Joshua, a guy with plenty of NHL experience, should look head and shoulders above the competition because, like I said, he's got plenty of NHL, or not plenty, but compared to other prospects at the tournament, he's got plenty of NHL experience. Um, then on the flip side, you got some of the newer, uh, lesser known, not lesser known, but lesser known in terms of their Blues tenure, Guys like Zachary Bolduck, a guy who's coming in recently a uh, first-round draft pick, one of the highest draft picks the Blues have made in the past decade, if not the highest. Um, a guy that really wants to come in and prove himself um, and could could show flashes right away. More of a skill-based player than the Blues have had in recent years. Kind of reminds me of the hype around Dominic Bach in terms of being able to be a dynamic playmaker. Um, I'm excited to see that. Is is Scott Perunovich there? Tommy, I'm not sure. Scott Perunovich you... is there. Yes. Yeah, okay. He's my number he, he's my number one choice. Coming fresh off of surgery, it's gonna be interesting to see how he how he bounces back. I like that. I also like the dynamic of Joel Hofer and Colton Ellis going toe to toe because I, I mean if those aren't the two top prospects for the St. Louis Blues right now in terms of talent, uh, they're definitely top five. Those guys are extremely talented at a position where the Blues seem solidified with Jordan Bennington, at least for the time being. But those two guys going toe-to-toe, the season that Colton Ellis had, the World Junior Classic that Joel Hofer had, I mean, that's going to be electric to watch. And you talk about guys that don't look like they belong in the Traverse City tournament uh, and look like they belong closer to the NHL level, those are probably two right there that'll stick out on the page at you. Always a good position to have depth in um, goaltending because you never know how quickly things can change. Not that I want it to happen, but with the with the volatility of the goaltending position, who knows how solid Jordan Bennington is. I mean, there are really only a handful of goalies in the entire NHL that I think anyone can really confidently say will have that starting job five years down the line. So... It's always good to have depth in that position. Creates competition, creates flexibility. Um, it also creates uh, competition for the other prospects at the camp. If they're playing against two really elite, high-level goal- goalies, then they're going to be forced to raise their play as well. I- I'm excited. I just want hockey back. Even if you do feel good about Jordan Bennington at the goalie position like I do, uh, how good do you feel about Vili Husso in the backup role? I'm not as certain about Billy Huso as I am about Jordan Bennington. So it will be interesting to see these guys and if someone kind of takes the reins and shows flashes of NHL potential and highlight real saves, uh, could they push Billy Huso out of the picture and push themselves into the fold? That's always kind of the dynamic with these things is like prospects always like moving up and down the ladder and trying to find yourself a roster spot. I think Clem Costin found himself a roster spot this season. So we'll be talking oh, yeah, about that in future him. episodes. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. He's not going to be at the Traverse City Tournament, but Jake Neighbors will be, Torpachenko will be, Washkarak will be, Tyler Tucker will be. So some big names to look out for, uh, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked On Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and now YouTube. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.